everybody. Welcome to Points of Articulation, episode 193. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Phil Theobald. Um, hello. Hello. Yes, how are you? Yeah, pretty good. Good. Yeah. Glad to hear it. This is, uh, you're throwing me off schedule here. I was kind of <laughs> used to this month and a half in between episodes. I don't uh, I don't understand this uh this hectic schedule you have me on <laughs> where we're doing like one a week. It's yeah. crazy. Unheard of. Yeah. But it's good to be back. Yeah. Yeah, we can uh we can do that project that we were going to that we were alluding to last time. Yes. Uh but before yes. we get to that, yes. Uh let's just talk about some news. Okie dokie. Adachoki. Um, so apparently mm-hmm. there's going to be a Marvel Legends Stan Lee Build-A-Figure. Excelsior, true believers. Yeah. <laughs> Stan Lee himself. Yeah. Marvel Legends. Well, makes sense. Um, so in the Marvel Legends uh, two-pack for Black uh-huh. Panther, which is yeah. an excellent movie. It is. Did we, uh... When we recorded our last episode, had we not seen it yet, or were we just too busy talking about our, Toy Fair to talk about it? Yeah, our recording was like over two hours, so I think we just kind of <laughs> yeah got lost in Toy Fair. But we went and saw Black Panther, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's fantastic. It's amazing. It's a really, really, really great movie. Yeah, it's really, really good. Uh, so yeah, this two-pack of Everett Ross, uh-huh. who is a... Uh, 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 oh, criminy. Why am I blanking? Martin. Martin Freeman. I, Freeman. Martin Baggins. <laughs> I, 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 I was kept wanting to say, I don't know what I was. I, I just couldn't remember his name. Martin Freeman is his name. You're like British Jim from the office. <laughs> you know, uh, 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 Geez, now I'm blanking on his name from Hitchhikers. What's the main dude? Arthur Dent. Mm-hmm. Arthur Dent. There, it came to me. <laughs> Man, it is it is 3.47 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon, and I am already really out of it. Apparently. So. Yeah, Everett Ross. Everett Ross. Mm-hmm. Martin Freeman. Yes. And Eric Killmonger. Eric Killmonger, who is the villain in black panther i mean he is the villain he is but he's really cool he is he's great (laughs) michael b jordan is fantastic yeah this is the unmasked version of uh yes yes he's wearing he's wearing the the panther suit but he does not have the mask right yeah i hope we get a uh, marvel legends figure of him in his uh well, I'm going to call it Vegeta outfit since that's what the internet's calling it now. <laughs> exactly. I, it does look like a Vegeta outfit. Yeah. You got to you got to give it that. Michael B Jordan and his love of anime is hilarious and adorable. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh yeah, this two pack, I was going to pick it up anyway cuz I wanted a Killmonger and sure, why not get an Everett Ross as well? But Exactly. Um, but yeah, it comes with uh Stanley's legs. <laughs> There you go. You don't even need the rest of the figure at that point. <laughs> just just have 
just have Stanley's uh, legs just kind of they're tapping in there. They're uh, they're tapping out Excelsior in Morse code. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, an, uh, you you watch Venture Brothers, right? Mm-hmm. You know the Phantom Limb. Yeah, it's kind of like Shattered Glass Phantom Limb. Ah, I see now. <laughs> where his where his torso is invisible, but his limbs are. You can see him. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so the uh, the rest of Stanley will uh-huh. be spread out among other Marvel Legends two packs. Okay, okay. So are you gonna be buying? Are, are you are you signing up for all the two packs then, just to get the whole Stanley? I'd like to get the whole Stanley, but I need to see what's in the other two packs. Yeah, I can dig it. This one, I was like I said, I was gonna get anyway because yeah, I mean it's a good it's a good set. Yeah, so pretty cool. I like it. Um, Brickheads. Yes. Lego Brickheads. You are Lego. very into the Brickheads. It's, it's, I, I don't know if I'd go that far. I like the Brickheads. Don't get me wrong. You have all the Star Wars ones. I do have all the Star Wars ones, including the rare and expensive Boba Fett slash Han in Carbonite. That was a was this a San Diego Comic Con exclusive, mm-hmm. or was that it was it was San Diego? Right? I believe it was San Diego. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I did uh, I did spring for that. And you got the seasonal brickheads. I did get the seasonal brickheads. I will be so, getting all so the seasonal. Don't brickheads. say you're not into brickheads. I like the brickheads. I'm not. That's it's not like me with the mixels where I went full in and got all of them. Right. Because I'm not getting. You know the only the only. Uh, Brickheads I have are the Star Wars ones and the seasonal ones. Oh, and the Ninjago movie ones. Mm. Oh, and the DC universe uh, and the the Marvel ones. <laughs> no, that's not true. And the beauty of the beauty. no, I I just have the the ninja the two Ninjago movies, the Star Wars ones, and the two seasonal ones that are out so far. But I may be adding a couple more to that collection. Uh, first up, it's something we didn't talk about last time: is the uh, Go Brick Me set. Yes. Is Which you, is the... You can make your own custom brickhead. Yeah. I'm definitely getting that. Yeah, you can make yourself in brickhead form. Yeah, I mean, it it comes with a... the Like a sort of a, a blank core, just like completely white, blank slate brickhead figure who is supposed to be kind of the brickhead mascot, which is a little character that you see in the brickhead's logo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it just comes with a, a ton of other pieces for you to customize it. You know, give yourself a, a matching skin color, and it's got a bunch of pieces so you can you know, put whatever clothes on, whatever hair you want on. And then a handful of accessories, like a little briefcase and a camera and a guitar and a microphone and a surfboard, and a couple others, and then a couple new pieces, uh, which are uh, glasses, which are, are sp- uh, specially designed uh, Brickhead's glasses. There you go. You got kind of a square square lens and a round sort of Harry Potter looking lens. So, yeah, I will, I will definitely pick up the uh, Go Brick Me set and attempt to make a Phil Brickhead. <laughs> Uh, so speaking of brickheads, according uh-huh. to Falcon Fan fourteen fourteen on Europe, uh-huh. 
Okay. Uh, some other Brickheads that are coming out in uh, okay. 2018. First, okay. First up, Tactical Batman and Superman hmm. as a two-pack. Uh, these yeah. are from the Justice League film. Okay. So we were wondering where Batman and Superman were. And... That's true. They're coming in a two-pack. Because, yeah, you have all the other Justice League members as Brickheads right now. Mm-hmm. But no Batman and Superman, but they are coming. Uh, supposedly in May. Okay. Uh, back to the future. Ah. Martin McFly and Doc Brown. That's uh, a set I'll get. Also coming as a two-pack in May. I will pick that up. Supposedly. we You know, this is just rumors yeah. right now. Yeah. Well, if, if that rumor turns out to be true, I will totally buy it. Me too. Yes. Uh, finally, uh, mm-hmm. another... Brickhead two pack, uh, for Minecraft. Oh, I'll probably pick those up too. Steve and uh, the Creeper. I don't, I don't play Minecraft. Uh, actually, no. Uh, this okay. I can see where the confusion is. This is not a Minecraft set. And this is this is Steve and the Creeper, the Morning Zoo. <laughs> You know, my favorite uh, radio uh, comedy program for uh, for drive time radio listening. Oh, I don't. We'll see. The, the, the problem is I don't drive. So I. Oh, okay. Yeah. Stephen the Creeper. You're listening to Stephen. <laughs> we, uh, we need a bunch of wacky sound effects here, like a toilet flush or a slide whistle. Stephen the Creeper. I'll probably pick up Minecraft uh, Brickheads. I guess I like Brickheads. Yeah, you do like Brickheads. They ain't no Mixels. I'll tell you that much, though. True, but I love you still have a lot of Brickheads. I do have a lot of Brickheads. Uh, speaking of Lego. Yeah? We did not talk about this last time. Uh, mm-hmm. This is Lego Star Wars Kessel Run Millennium Falcon. And this is from... The, Solo, A Star Wars Story. The upcoming film... About young Han Solo. Mm-hmm. The young, young Han Solo adventures. <laughs> Could you imagine if this movie is bookended by old Harrison Ford? Mm-hmm. With an eye sitting, patch. With an eye patch. <laughs> sitting around telling uh, stories to uh, to young young Ben. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Did I just inadvertently spoil the Solo movie framing device? Maybe. Could you imagine if they talked Harrison Ford into doing that? <laughs> when she's sitting around talking to young Ben, explaining stuff to him. So this is this is the Millennium Falcon from Han's younger days. Uh when it was uh, a, a newer ship. Yeah. It has not been uh broken down and torn apart and rebuilt and customized as as much as we know so there's the falcon it's still identifiable as the falcon but it looks uh, a bit different it doesn't have the forks in the front it's all filled in right there it does yeah it's 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 uh yeah those kind of iconic mandibles coming out of the front of the millennium falcon ours is just one big uh sort of trapezoid section there now it just makes me think so According to legend, the urban mm-hmm. legend is that the Falcon design came from a ham- a hamburger that had a bite yes. in it. 
Yes. So this is just a hamburger. <laughs> yes. But instead of just being completely round, it's got a little nubbin kind of sticking out. It's a slightly misshapen hamburger. <laughs> exactly. It's a it's a hamburger with a kind of a grip on it. It's like a hamburger sitting on top of an ice cream cone. Oh, okay. <laughs> Doesn't sound very tasty. <laughs> Don't knock it till you tried it. You ain't never had no hamburger ice cream. But uh yeah, and it's it's much cleaner. Mhm. It's uh the the ship is uh uh mostly white with a bunch of kind of bright blue highlights. So it is not as uh dingy and and dirty and banged up. Looks like a ship from the uh Clone Wars cartoon. It does actually. It does. I can definitely see that aesthetic shining through so but yeah so there it is it comes with uh comes with what five minifigures you got young han you got young chewy you got the real star of the movie young lando mm-hmm. uh you got uh uh quay tolsite <laughs> am i saying that correctly until we've seen the movie, who knows how the name is. Wait, I don't know. It's it's uh it's Khaleesi, right? Is that the, uh, is I that the Kira. Oh, is that who's this then? I don't know. Who's Quay Tol Tol Tolsite? <laughs> I don't understand. Uh and Kessel Operations Droid DDBD. Which, is that supposed to be like an old Buck Rogers reference? Probably. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tweaky, who I said BD BD. Mm hmm. So. DD DD BD. DD BD. BD BD Buck. Remember he talked like that? Mm hmm. Yeah, that kind of a voice. Something like that. Uh, so there we go. Um, 14, 14 pieces. Retails for one sixty nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Coming in April. I will not be picking up this set. I will not either. But I will be picking up most of these minifigures. Yeah, the minifigs are pretty great. Especially that uh, Donald Glover. Yeah. Lando figure. Mm-hmm. It's pretty great. So, yeah. So, we were talking about this uh, Millennium Falcon at work. Mm-hmm. And yes. we were just thinking about oh it's kind of weird that they filled in those mandibles like we were talking yeah. about and uh this guy's talking about something that i didn't know about but i did yeah i did uh a a, a toy back in the day mm-hmm. it never came out it's an unreleased oh. toy but yes but uh yeah please uh please tell me about it okay well Gather around, children, and let me tell you a tale. This tale starts, as well, many often do, at the beginning. In the beginning of a saga known as the Star Wars Saga. No, so, yeah, we were we were talking about uh, uh, the, the new slash old Falcon design, and that there were, you know, again, kind of... Uh, urban legends and and 
you know, rumors going about that, uh, the, uh, the missing space in between those mandibles once held a, like a little shuttlecraft or a little escape pod or something like that. But some sort of extra vehicle that, that plugged into the Millennium Falcon mm-hmm. that, you know, was there ages ago, but, you know, has since in, in one of Han and Chewie's many adventures been lost or destroyed or something like that. And that was, you know, that's just, you know, I don't know if there's ever been any official word on that from, from Lucas. I, I probably not, but, uh, but that was the thing. And that got me thinking about, uh, a, a, like you mentioned, an old toy that I was really surprised that you had not heard about, um, but uh, there was, back in the 80s, uh, during the original run of Star Wars figures, there was actually going to be, it was, like, it even got up to, uh, like, an early production sample, a toy uh, spaceship, a little uh, spaceship that actually would plug into, if you had the uh, the old toy of the Millennium Falcon. It would actually plug in between those mandibles and essentially be that same little, uh, kind of shuttlecraft mm-hmm. that, you know, that had been rumored. And, and heck, for all I know, maybe the rumors of that sprung up based on the toy. Probably. Yeah. So I was talking about that and, and yeah, you had not heard of it, but it was a, an, a, an entry in a series of toys that Kenner was producing back in the day uh, called Mini Rigs. Mm-hmm. And Mini Rigs, and this just got us talking about Mini Rigs because we both have, have fond memories of these from our youth. Right. Um, this was a line of vehicles that Kenner produced because, you know, again, Kenner was uh they they had the license to make Star Wars toys and of course they made a ton of figures for like every character and side character and background alien in the movie so there was no shortage of characters to make toys of and of course they made you know toys of all the vehicles yeah, you had your X-Wings and your TIE Fighters and your Y-Wings and A-Wings and B-Wings and, you know, the TIE Interceptors. And, you know, they even got creative with uh, some of the larger things. There was like a, a, a sand crawler playset, I believe, that was like just mostly cardboard. And there was like a, a small Star Destroyer set. Uh, there was a, a small Death Star set. You know, these, and, and, you know, these weren't like giant elaborate globes. It was just like, oh, here's a chunk of the Death Star for the kids to play with. And then right. they, you know, they had, uh, some of the physical locations, you know, there was like a little Dagobah set for you to play with your Yoda figure in. And there was a little Hoth set that you could play in. And, you know, all sorts of, you know, you know little, uh, you know, little job, well, the, not a little figure, but a big job of figure that came with a dais that he could go on and, and stuff like that. So there was tons of material to pull from, but yeah, it got to a point where Kenner's like, well, we're kind of running out of, of vehicles. There's a long gap between movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's just it. That's just it. 
you know, when you have yeah three years in between movies and you still want to sell new toys, you kind of start running out of vehicles and, and play sets that you can make based on those movies. So they got the idea of, well, let's just start designing our own vehicles, mm-hmm. you know, stuff that wasn't necessarily in the movies. And uh, they decided to make them smaller. Yeah. Uh, so I've got a quote from uh, Mark Boudreaux uh, yeah. from the Toys That Made Us, which is a fantastic Netflix show. Yes, it is. Uh, Mark Boudreaux, who is a toy designer at Kenner and uh, is currently a toy designer at Hasbro. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the, and was the lead designer on every Millennium Falcon toy for Kenner wow. and Hasbro. Uh, he said, from a business point of view, we were looking at, you know what, there's a bit of a gap between going to the store and buying the figure and going up to, let's say, a TIE fighter or the Falcon. So we thought about what could we do to kind of bridge the gap between those two price points. And so, yeah, they created these cheaper vehicles. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, parents wouldn't balk at when they saw them on the shelves. <laughs> exactly. And it certainly worked for my parents. Yeah, I didn't have any of the bigger ones, actually. Right. Except for, like, an ATST. Oh, okay. Okay. But I didn't really have, like, uh, TIE Fighters or anything okay. like that. Yeah, see, and, like, I had, because I was way into Star Wars toys back in the day. Like, that was my one thing. And, you know, talking to talking to other kids who grew up in the 80s, it seemed like, you know, you had when, – when you were playing with toys in the 80s because there were so many really cool toy lines. You know, you had Star Wars and, and Transformers and G.I. Joe and He-Man and, and you know, all the, the smaller ones as well. You know, when, when you were playing with toys in the 80s, it seemed like you could go one of two directions – you could kind of devote yourself to just one toy line. And whenever like a Christmas or your birthday or something came around, you know, just give me Star Wars toys or just give me He-Man toys. Or you could kind of be the sampling from each one. Which is like, what oh, I did. That's, yeah, see, you, you did the sampling route, whereas I was the, I want Star Wars toys. And I wanted Star Wars toys up until I started wanting Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, so I, I ended up building this, this massive Star Wars collection as a kid, just because that's whenever, you know, whenever I got in good grades and my parents said, well, we'll buy you a toy or something. I said, let, give me a Star Wars toy. When a birthday came around, give me a Star Wars toy. And then once Transformers showed up, I got into those. And then it was like, no, I don't want Star Wars toys anymore. Just give me Transformers. But not Star Wars Transformers, which would come later and were terrible. <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. But um But yeah, the the mini rigs were great because, you know, like I said, when when like a Christmas or birthday came up, something where you would get a bigger present, you know, like like I like I had an X Wing uh you know, back in the day, one of the Star Wars X Wings vehicles. But that was like a Christmas present. Uh, but like if you're out at the store with your parents and they're shopping for something boring and they're like they agree to buy you a, a toy just to kind of shut you up, they're not going to buy you an X-Wing because those are expensive. 
but they might buy you a mini rig because they were like five bucks. Yep. And so that's how I ended up getting a decent selection of these, uh, those mini rigs. Yeah. So they were original designs. Um, and the way that Mark Boudreaux put it, we looked at this as off camera, if you will, just <laughs> off camera in this trench, this little guy is running around. He's yeah. Pointing to a, a mini rig. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this, uh, Millennium Falcon mini rig, mm-hmm. I'm going to have a link to it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks like a little shuttle. It really reminds me of the ghost. Yeah. On, uh, Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Where it's that's like true. this bigger ship, the ghost, and then this little shuttle plugs in. Yep. And it's, it's very much that. And this, this particular one, the, the Falcon shuttle, uh, yeah, well, again, it just it plugged right into the those mandibles right on the front of the Falcon, uh, filled that space out. At, uh, the front of the ship is kind of curved, so you have, instead of the kind of blocked-off end of the Falcon, you now have kind of a, a curved point. Uh, and then, yeah, when the ship detaches, the wings kind of fold out, and you can you can zoom it around. But they ultimately did not uh, manufacture the Falcon shuttle mini rig, mm-hmm. uh, presumably because if you wanted to, if you wanted kids to really get the full enjoyment out of it, it sort of necessitated owning the Millennium Falcon vehicle, <laughs> which was which, really expensive at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I did not have that when I was a kid uh, because it was a really expensive toy back then. So, uh so yeah, maybe why is that they didn't produce this just based on that? But um But yeah, I just thought it was a clever idea and uh you know, interesting that you know, even if the front of the shuttle in the the solo movie is not some sort of little uh little spacecraft or something that at least it takes the sort of aesthetic look from it. So, and this got us talking about our subject for this episode of Points of Articulation Star Wars Mini Rigs. You are unwise to lower your defenses. There is no way of knowing when the dark side may rise up again. During the hours of darkness, the Empire could be refueling for the attack. Will the armored Sentinel transport vehicle be ready to retaliate before it's too late? Will the rebel force be strong enough to deal with the Imperial stormtroopers? Only you can decide with Star Wars toys. So, uh, yeah, we'll just kind of go chronologically with Wave 1 yep. back in old 1981. 81. So Empire had just come out. So you had all the, you know, ATSTs and ADATs and Hoth playsets and things like that. But, yeah, they wanted something else. So they uh, they came up with a few new vehicles. And I remember the... Uh, the, the packaging art for these, uh, showed them all, if I remember correctly, uh, showed them all sort of operating on the Hoth environment. Mm. Which so would make these, sense. Yeah. Yeah. So these were all vehicles that were Kenner sort of intended 
with a wink and a nudge to have been part of the defense of the uh of of Echo Base on Hoth. Yeah, it was but, always uh, just right out of frame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you said. Just slightly off camera. Uh so let's see, what do we have here? Um first one is the MLC three mobile laser cannon. It's a tank. Yeah, it's a little tank, a little <laughs> single person tank. Uh, there's a, it looks like a GI Joe vehicle, to be honest. It, it really does. Uh, you got a domed, uh, cockpit that opens up and lets you put the figure in there. And, uh, the front of the tank has these two laser turrets coming out of the front. And, uh, the lasers could be aimed up and down. If it were a floating tank, it would feel more Star Wars. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that, but. But yeah, it's um I I had this one when I was a kid. And I really dug it actually. I I had a lot of fun with this particular toy. I had none of Wave 1. I would have been oh, really? 1 year old at this time. Okay, so. yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, so I was uh what 6 in uh, 81. So Yeah, so I did I did have the mobile laser cannon and again, even though it is just a Kind of small, personal-sized tank. I thought it was uh, suitably Star Wars enough and and fit in with the Hoth environment. Uh, So, yeah, I had a lot of fun with this one. Yeah. Uh, The next one in Wave 1, we have the the amusingly named... uh, You said you want your... I want my MTV7. Oh, okay. Yes, this, of course... Originated before the MTV television network. <laughs> but MTV stands for Multi-Terrain Vehicle. And this one kind of fits in with the Empire's ridiculously designed assault vehicles. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> because, uh, you know... They're really big you... on elevated ground vehicles. <laughs> exactly. You know, the, the ADAT and the ATST aren't really the most practical weapons of war. Uh, and neither is the MTV-7, which is basically a small uh, pod, uh, kind of open-air cockpit that the driver sits in. And then it has uh, these giant roller wheels, like almost like a like a steamroller uh, wheels. It has two of them on sort of these elevated legs. So the thing stands... Uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, five feet off the ground or so in scale, five scale feet. Right. You know, it was not a, it was not a five foot toy, <laughs> but it's but, a yeah. very weirdly <laughs> named mini rig. Yes. But, uh, yeah. So you, it's just this, uh, kind of, you know, on long legged, uh, vehicle and, and, you know, again, it was weird because it was open air. You know, there was like a, no cockpit that went over the driver. Um, there was a laser cannon mounted on it that the driver could shoot. But yeah, again, you have these kind of ridiculous steamroller wheels on these long legs. But uh, what was actually cool about it, because I had this one as well. Uh, what was cool about this vehicle that I really dug was that the the two uh, sets of, of leg wheels uh they were on kind of a a spring-loaded hinge so you could roll it along 
rugged terrain and the wheels would kind of uh, move in and like forward and backwards to Hmm. kind of compensate. So there's a little bit of like shocks system to them. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Or you could uh, push down on the top of the vehicle and the legs would split out. They would kind of splay forwards and backwards. Uh, So you could get it into kind of this low riding position to, you know, roll under stuff. And then if you kind of let go, the spring loaded would sort of pop the legs back into place. So So it could, uh, you know, traverse multiple terrains. Yeah, exactly. Like a multi-terrain vehicle. Ah, I get it now. Get it? So, yeah, it was a simple little gimmick, but it actually was a lot of fun. and, And I really enjoyed this one as well. Uh, the third and final Wave 1 toy, uh, I did not have this one. Um, and I don't know, and it looks kind of boring to me. Yeah, so. it doesn't look great. Yeah. This is the PDT-8, the Personnel Deployment Transport. Uh, it's a it's small... It's mainly a droid delivery truck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the all the, the packaging art I've seen for it is always like the the... 21B, I believe, is the medical droid. Mm-hmm. Uh, like driving R2 around. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's just a little uh, two person vehicle. Again, it's just a small pod. Uh, it has a couple uh, legs sticking out the bottom as landing gear. It has a couple large engines, kind of like jet intake engines on the side. Yeah, it's like Luke's land speeder had those. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A uh, couple tiny little blasters mounted on the sides. Uh, but clearly, this is not a vehicle meant for offensive purposes. Uh, it's just, yeah, like you said, it looks like it's there to just kind of drive around a, a droid and drop it off places. Mm-hmm. So. Meh. Yeah. Oh, apparently, looking at Wikipedia here, originally the PDT-8 was conceived by Kenner as a transport for droids. It was first called the DPT-8, the Droid Personnel Transport, but the name was changed before the toy was released. Hmm. So. There you go. There you, you called it. It's a way for droids to get around on a battlefield. But, uh, yeah. Like, like I said, I never had this one either. Doesn't seem like I'm missing much, although if I had it, you know, I, I might think otherwise. Because nostalgia, yo. Exactly. Yep. Uh, wave two came out in 1982. Yep. Uh, so it had the, uh, CAP two cap two. Yep. Not winter soldier. No, <laughs> no. Uh, it's the captivator. Yes. Uh, it's kind of like a trouble bubble. <laughs> oh yeah. From the, the, from the GI Joe line. Yeah. But with the uh, limbs. Yes. Yeah. Just kind of a, Again, uh, a pod that the pilot stands up in, though. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a tall pod, yeah. Like and and with a dome bubble over the top of it. Now I had this one as well. Did you have this one? I did not. This I might be my favorite of the mini rigs, just because of its ridiculous design. I mean, it looks pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's the 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 core of it is that that pod that the pilot stands up in. You have the dome that flips down over their head so they can see out of it. Uh, yeah, it has two legs. 
that are that end with suction cups and they're like actual functioning suction cups so you could stick it to your refrigerator or to your wall oh that's cool and have it you know hang sideways um yeah it has two arms that have little claws um the arms just had like uh shoulder articulation so you know you didn't have a lot of range with them but little arms you can move there's a little single cannon coming out of the thing's kind of chest area and that the the cannon had a some limited range of movement so you could sort of swivel it around and shoot at stuff uh and then adding to this sort of ridiculous cacophony of toy features uh the back of the captivator had a little lever and if you push the lever out this set of like jaws came out of the back and you could grab onto enemy soldiers with it Mm -hmm. because so you could capturing them yeah it's the it's the captivator i think you like this one the best because bosk is piloting well (laughs) well why anytime bosk is uh involved i'm there so, but yeah, the, uh, well, the it, Captivator is pretty fantastic. During Empire Strikes Back, while Boba Fett was flying around in Slave One, Bosk was in the Captivator. <laughs> see, that's the special edition of Empire Strikes Back I want to see. <laughs> is, yeah, uh, you know, just cuts to a scene in Cloud City where this lumbering suction cup footed vehicle is uh <laughs> and you can just hear it you know sounds like the uh, tentacles from uh day of the tentacle <laughs> yeah there's just this wet vacuum sound whenever this this vehicle takes a step and there's bosk uh <laughs> you know yelling for boba fett to slow down because <laughs> his his captivator is uh is taking too long to get there and then grabbing Han Solo in its claws and <laughs> dragging Han Solo around as he's kicking and screaming and trying to <laughs> trying to, to tear himself free of these big metal jaws that have uh, yanked him in and have him pinned against the back of this ridiculous suction cup vehicle. So yeah, the captivator. Uh, the other one is the INT four, int yep. four, uh, interceptor. Yep. Uh, it's a ship. I actually had this one. Uh, I did. I did as well. It's a ship that looks like an ATSD head. Yep. <laughs> that is a, but it's actually a like shuttle. Yes. Yeah. Well, imagine if you had an ATST head, and the sides of it could fold down and turn into wings, mm-hmm. and then it flies around. Yeah. But yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. Uh, yeah, there was a little lever on the back of it where if you like push the lever down, the, the wings would, would unfold and then you could put the lever back up and the wings would go up against uh, the, the body of it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a hatch on the top that opened so you could insert the pilot. And there was a large blaster cannon on the front that had a limited range so it could kind of swivel around and shoot at things and uh this uh vehicle was designed mm-hmm. to fit in the adat toy oh really according to wikipedia wow okay yeah because the uh 
Yeah, the Adat toy did have that. The body was a big hollow thing, so that actually makes total sense too. That the you know the Adat would have this be able to deploy a little shuttle craft. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's pretty cool. I did not have an Adat back in the day. Me so, neither. Yeah, so that feature was lost on me, but I actually still really dug this one. Yeah, I had a lot of fun playing with the, that. Yeah, toy. yeah, and you know the. Uh, Probably the fact that it does look like an ATST head uh, really made it fit in with the Star Wars aesthetic. I have a vague memory of pretending that's like was a escape pod for an ATST. Because, like I said, I did have an ATST toy. Oh, okay. So it was like, oh, the ATST is blown up, and then the the head flies off. <laughs> nice. There you go. Uh, 1983 brought us Wave 3. Yeah. The AST-5 Armored Sentinel Transport. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a coffin with guns. Now, worth, worth noting, this line, uh, came out, it's 1983, so Jedi, mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi has just hit theaters. Yes. So now we are getting mini rigs meant to sort of tie in with that film. Whereas Waves 1 and 2 were meant to tie in with Empire, now we're getting some Jedi-themed vehicles. Yep. Exactly. And, yeah, I I actually had... Jeez, I had a lot of these. I mean, like you said, they're five bucks. Actually, you know what? Looking back on this, the only one of the old mini-rigs I didn't have was the the personal personnel deployment transport hmm. well that's the ha- most boring ha- one so far yeah i had all of these so so yeah and this this one even yeah back in the day i thought the same thing as your description of it it's i mean it just looks like a coffin yeah it's a it's a coffin and it's it's a weird vehicle because it's it's like a coffin but imagine a coffin wearing a metal cape because it had this this sort of metal cape around it, which allowed it you could stand it on end, and the cape sort of acted like feet, and it had these uh, big blasters, these big rotating blasters on the side, and the yeah the whole cockpit like the 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 whole lid of the coffin basically popped open, and you put the pilot in and then closed it again. And yeah, like I said, it had the rotating cannons on the side. You have this sort of metal cape that you can stand the thing upright to be sort of like the stationary gun battery mode. But then if you tilt the thing on the side, suddenly now it gets like a flying vehicle. And then the cape, you can like kind of rotate the whole thing back to give it like, you know, like a like extra speed mode or something like that. However you wanted to play with it. But it was just a it was a really weird vehicle just because it didn't look like any sort of traditional Star Wars ship. Right. And the fact that it did have this kind of weird uh you know swiveling chunk uh that would, you know, either you know, depending on how you played with it, like enhance its speed or act as a as a stand or something. So But yeah. So it was a weird one, but I I, I liked it. Uh, also in this wave is the ISP six Imperial Shuttle Pod, which I also had. Yes, uh, it's a basically one person Lambda class shuttle. Yep, 
just looks like the big imperial shuttles, the big white craft with the 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 three wings splaying off of it, except it's really tiny and one person fits in it. Yep. So yeah, this I did not have the Imperial shuttle craft. Me neither. Vehicle when yeah. I was a kid. This is my stand-in. The same here. <laughs> this is how the Emperor would uh, arrive at the Death Star in my little play world, in his own personal shuttlecraft. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's it's exactly what it was. Wave four came out yes. in 1984. It turns out there's a wave a year. Who, who yep. would have guessed? <laughs> um first up is the desert sail 20 skiff yep it's a one person sail barge <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and yeah you know the um you know obviously tying into the the jabba section of return of the jedi you could easily imagine because you had jabba's big sail barge you had the sail skiffs, and there were a couple of the skiffs mm-hmm. flying around. And it would be very easy to imagine that there were also these little one-person skiffs flying around, sort of acting as as guards and, and sentries and stuff like that. Sure. Um, yeah, it just it looks like the kind of looks kind of like the front of the. Well, you, you know what it looks like. It looks like if you took one of the the skiffs from the movie, chopped out the whole middle part. And then attach the front and the back together. Yeah. Because you have that kind of slanted front section. Then you have the sort of uh, sail wing rudders on the sides. Uh, there, there's even a, even a little sail, even a little red sail on a stick uh, to keep the pilot cool, presumably, <laughs> as you're flying around the desert. But yeah, the uh, the pilot would have to stand up. And if I remember correctly, the you know you because you could plug the the character into the skiff. And if I remember correctly, the little uh, section uh, the pilot was on would rotate. Okay. So you could kind of rotate because there were a pair of guns on the side, so you could rotate the pilot and the guns to aim at things. And then the front of the skiff had a a little uh, plank that you could push forward. Like there's a little lever on the bottom. That you'd push forward, and the plank would come out, and you could take your Luke Skywalker figure or whoever you wanted to drop into the Sarlacc pit and plug them into the little peg on the plank. And then when you retracted the plank into the vehicle, once the plank got in far enough, it would knock your character off and drop them into the pit. So So. would the prisoner have to be standing on that plank the whole time? (laughs) <laughs> like you're flying to the Sarlacc pit? <laughs> Presumably. Because <laughs> there's not, yeah, I mean, it's a one-person skiff. So there's really no room for a passenger. Never really thought about that back in the day. <laughs> but yeah, I guess so. You'd have to extend this, the the plank and then just, sir, if you could just please stand right on the end of this. We're going to very carefully fly you out to the Sarlacc. Because <laughs> I don't want you to fall off, but I'm afraid there's no room in here for you. <laughs> so I'll, I'll try and take the corners real slow. <laughs> but, yeah. I didn't think about that. Uh, I hope they bring uh, this mini rig back. If they do indeed do the uh, big sail barge. Oh, that would be cool. On the Hasbro has lab. Yes. 
Yeah, Desert Sail 20 needs to be a part of that. Uh, I just checked in on uh, HasLab, by the way, and yeah. uh, it's uh, 1,889 of 5,000 backers so far with 38 days to go. Okay, so that is... Uh, so they're not quite halfway there. Right. But they're 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 getting there. Getting there. It is yeah. it is a lot. I mean yeah. it's five hundred dollars plus tax yeah. for this sale barge, so that's true. I mean but last last week when we did this they were about one fifth of the way there. Right? Yeah, they're getting there. So now they're like maybe a, a third of the way, maybe a little more than a third of the way. So yeah. Yeah, hopefully they do it. Hopefully they reach that goal. Um, back to the uh, mini rigs. The last one, yes, the Endor Forest Ranger. Ah, uh, yes. This is obviously meant uh, to be used during the Battle of Endor. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a military green vehicle. Did you have this one? I did not. This was a weird one uh, because you know, again, I had this one. It's basically it's a circular pod that has a. Uh, kind of a, a, a sort of handle-ish thing coming off the back of it with a pair of uh, kind of wings slash laser blasters coming out of the side. And the circular pod, the whole front of the, the pod opened up and you put the pilot inside. But the wings were sort of detached from the main vehicle so you could hold the you could hold the vehicle by the back of it and sort of spin the the wings and the guns and they would sort of rotate around the pod hmm yeah so you know you could have you could pretend this thing was flying through the jungle and as it's flying as the vehicle's flying straight the the guns that are mounted on the wings could freely rotate around the ship and blast whatever was in front of it, uh, no matter the angle. Uh, yeah, so uh, there were a couple other mini rigs that were designed and photographed, but didn't come out. Uh, yeah. But the idea of these original vehicles uh, continued in with uh, body rigs, mm. um, which were... Uh, you know, like mini rigs, but they were like backpacks that strapped two figures. Yeah. Like, what did we have? Like, uh, the security scout vehicle. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was a, it's, oh, it I reminds just... me of, uh, Centurions. The, uh, I don't know oh, if you yeah. know that toy line. Yeah. Yeah. You just have this kind of giant full body back, but there's like a little platform you stand on. Right. And it kind of goes all the way up your back and kind of pads your head and, yeah, lets you presumably fly around with a pair of guns hanging off your side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, there's a, a Imperial Sniper vehicle. Yep. Um, it's, it's like a hang glider. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a hang glider with a seat attached to it. Yeah. So a like a stormtrooper could just sit down and fly around leisurely uh sniping people. <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Uh, you know, stormtroopers known for their accuracy, <laughs> especially when zooming around on the futuristic hang glider. Uh, and the the sand skimmer. Yes, another kind of sail barge, uh, scout ship type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was just like a little, like a little hover platform that a uh, a guard could stand on and fly around. Again, it has kind of the red sail, that kind of iconic Jabba red sail, and then a gun coming out the front for for shooting. Yeah. Yeah, this idea of the uh, body rigs uh, would continue into the mm-hmm. 90s. Yeah. Mid-90s, the power of the Force line. Ah, uh, yes. The, when Star Wars toys were back in a big way and everyone was super buff. Yeah, <laughs> they really were, weren't they? <laughs> I was pretty excited about those toys, but yeah, they were uh, not, not great. They were not presentation. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, so you got stuff like, um, like, uh, Han Solo with his smuggler flight pack. Yes. <laughs> Just this giant backpack with cannons that flip down and, yeah. And you look at this and you're one, cause I mean, this is, you know, again, sort of playing off that body rig idea that didn't happen back in the 80s, but you're looking at Han Solo strapped into, it looks like there's two massive engines hanging off his shoulders, mm-hmm. uh, two guns that are about half as tall as he is coming out of his shoulders. I mean, this thing looks like it weighs like a thousand pounds. <laughs> How is Han carrying that around? <laughs> I mean, he got so ripped. Look at him. <laughs> it's insane. So... But this came out. This was a thing that existed. Mm-hmm. Han Solo is with the smuggler flight pack, which, again, doesn't really look like it's meant for smuggling. It looks like it's for <laughs> flying around just blowing dudes up. <laughs> and, it, you know, I would think someone, if you're a smuggler, you kind of want to be on the down low. Yeah. This thing looks like it generates a lot of noise. <laughs> this, <laughs> this does not look like a like quiet tech. So. But, Yeah. I mean, he can use it to fight Boba Fett, who has a (laughs) wing blast rocket pack and overhead cannon. Yes. Which, again, it's Boba Fett just latched into this giant jet pack looking thing with these giant wings coming out the sides. Again, with kind of shoulder uh, mounted laser cannons. But then, yes, the giant honking missile launcher. Coming out over the top of his head. I mean, this missile launcher looks to be about as tall as Boba Fett. <laughs> and it's just hanging over his head, ready to shoot at some poor fool. Look, people wanted a rocket-firing Boba Fett. <laughs> now they got it. Now they got it. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> because you may end up with this... You just want the simple rocket that pops out of his backpack. But now he has this massive weapons platform that he can latch himself into it's great <laughs> it's it's just off screen it was hiding in slave one <laughs> i actually had one of these yeah uh back in the day i uh i picked up the crowd control stormtrooper figure back in the day and this was just just stormtrooper 
and it came with a massive jetpack that plugs into the stormtrooper's back and you have the uh the big engines coming out of the bottom to uh to give you uh, the flight capabilities uh but then you know like a you know like a like real astronaut jetpacks they have the it's almost like a seat you're kind of sitting in it and mm-hmm. it has the 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 handles come out and you're kind of holding the handles to to maneuver and stuff right so it has those you have the the steering mechanisms coming out from the sides of the back uh, the jetpack and the stormtroopers holding them uh but the you know they're not just the steering controls uh one of them has a massive laser cannon attached to the underside of it and the other uh one has an even more massive a claw that that you could press a little plunger and the claw would open and close. So you have this uh, stormtrooper flying around with this massive jetpack, blasting dudes with what looks like one of the cannons from a from an X-wing. Yeah, and then uh, grabbing people and presumably just ripping their heads off with this massive claw. Look, he's just trying to control the crowds. <laughs> Well, if I was if I was living on Tatooine, if I if I was hanging out at some cantina on Tatooine, and uh, a stormtrooper flies into the cantina in one of these, <laughs> clamping things with his claw and and shooting with this massive laser cannon, I would probably uh, I would disperse. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> so. That is the one power of the force uh, body rig type thing that I had. Uh, yeah, so this uh, mini rig body rig idea would continue into uh, with uh, Star Wars Episode One. Man, invasion crazy. force subline. Ooh, uh, like this uh, armored scout tank, which is a uh, one of those uh, uh, Trade Federation tanks. Yeah, but it's uh, piloted by a battle droid. Yeah, one person, one droid tank. Yeah, and and now this is really playing off the old mini rigs because you know back then you had like the you know oh it's the Imperial shuttlecraft but really tiny, and oh it's one of Jabba's skiffs but really tiny, and now you have a Trade Federation tank but really tiny and just one little. Battle droid pilots it. Mm-hmm. So this is very true to the old uh, mini rig. I kind of want this toy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an episode one toy, so you could probably get it for dirt cheap. Excellent. Uh, I'm looking this up. What's it called again? Star Wars. What's it? Uh, armored Scout Tank. With Battle Droid. Armored Scout Tank. Okay, buy it now. Looks like you can get brand new ones for like uh, 15 bucks. Mm, not too bad. Yeah, 15, 20 bucks for a brand spanking new one. So, yeah, and the, this idea of uh, bigger vehicles scaled down for one person continues with the uh, Gungan Scout sub with ah. Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, looks like the kind of like the, was it the Bongo? Is that what the I don't Gungan remember. ship was? Uh, don't play like you don't. Yeah, <laughs> that was always a bigger fish. Yeah, I believe it was the the Gungan Bongo. 
yeah, but it, yeah, it just looks like a little one of those that uh, instead of sitting in it, Obi-Wan hangs onto it like a hang glider. Yep. So, and the Obi-Wan figure that comes with it is hilarious. <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> it's, it's, it's young Obi, it's, you know, it's episode one Obi-Wan. And uh, he has his Padawan braid, but his Padawan braid is, like, really long and really thick. So it just looks looks like he's got this long, dangly piece of poo sticking out the side of his head. <laughs> and he's got a, uh, like, a breathing device in his mouth because, uh, you know, he's underwater. He's, he's heading to the Gungan City. And it's just this ridiculous-looking gold colored device uh that looks less like it's on his or in his mouth and more like it sort of is his mouth <laughs> so, so he's got this ridiculous robotic grin and this uh this this long stinky turd coming out of his head it's perfect <laughs> just what you want to be wearing while you uh drive your personal gungan bongo into their underwater city uh, this Darth Maul one is kind of confusing to me because he already had a little uh, bike, hover bike. Yeah, yeah, Darth Maul, yeah, he had that little bike in the movie. And this is the Sith attack speeder with Darth Maul. But it's not his little hover motorcycle that he had. Yeah. You would think that would just make a perfect little mini rig because it was just a little one person, you know, speeder. And this one kind of looks like it, but it's not it at all. <laughs> it's like a more heavily armored version of that. Yeah, yeah, because it's got like got kind of round armored plates coming up over his shoulders. And it looks like some kind of roundish wings that can deploy and cannons come out of them. So, yeah, when Darth Maul's serious, he busts out this particular hovercraft i'll i'll just in my head canon he's got that hover bike and then he says shields like batman and then <laughs> this armor pops out nice makes perfect sense uh yeah and uh even to uh modern day even the, the, hey, the hey, hey, hey 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 huh i see you just purposefully skipping the Gungan assault cannon it's not, with Jar Jar Binks. It's not really a rig. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's just, just a cannon. It's just a big cannon. Just give just giving poor Jar Jar his due. Nah. Yeah, nah. it's just a just a big cannon. Yeah. Just a you know with the Gungan stylings and whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. So what's the what's the modern day stuff? What do we the have? The Clone Wars. Ah yes. So not really that modern, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, you know, a couple in the past few years. Yeah, the Clone Wars. There's a couple uh, couple mini-rig-ish vehicles in here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Specifically, it was part of a uh, subline called the Class 1 Fleet Vehicles. Oh, okay. Such as the Republic Attack Dropship, which is a one-person... Dropship. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I'm just recalling our conversation about yeah. this vehicle. Yes. So, so this is uh, looks very much like the uh, the dropship vehicle from 
the uh well it was in uh the attack of the clones movie right and then uh certainly in like the clone wars cartoon the that that large kind of white ship with the red and green markings uh that they would just you know haul around the the clone troopers in and drop them into battle <laughs> This one, uh, we're, we're looking on, uh, website, uh, rebelscum.com. Uh, they have a lot of, uh, really great photographs of this toy, but the, the main toy, uh, their main image of the toy, it shows the, uh, the vehicle and there's the pilot inside the cockpit and the sort of gimmick with this, uh, particular mini dropship is instead of carting around a whole platoon of of clone troopers it can cart around uh just a pair of them so you have the pilot and then two uh other clone soldiers uh but the but the angle that the uh, main photograph of this uh the way it's taken it looks like that the two extra clones are just sort of being held by their necks yeah <laughs> and just dangling free out of the back of the vehicle it's Pretty disturbing. Which, yeah, it just looks like, oh, but their, their heads are just going to get torn off. Uh, but once you get a, a different angle, like a side view of the ship, you can see that they are not hanging by their heads. Uh, there is, in fact, a, uh, a, a piece of the ship coming down and, uh, the clone troopers are strapped in by their waist. So, uh, they are, they, again, they're, they're just dangling free. In the sky, the ship is just flying around with two dudes wearing seat belts, just hanging free. Uh, and they have a couple large cannons at their waist that they can aim so they can shoot at targets on the ground. Uh, but it, it, it seems like kind of a, yeah, I, I would not want to go into battle, uh, hanging free from a little, uh, mini rig. No. No, with my feet just dangling loose, with my whole body out there in the open waiting to get <laughs> shot. <laughs> and then, as you mentioned, the uh, the ship itself, because the, the two dudes, they're hanging off from the back of the ship, like right below the engines, too, which, again, seems like a really bad place to be. But the ship uh, on its nose has a, like a twin barrel cannon for for shooting lasers but then hanging off the bottom like right underneath the cockpit there's a, a really large cannon that's you know shooting lasers and stuff and and like you mentioned when we were first looking at this it looks like the the one of the the dudes hanging off the back if that cannon rotates at all that guy's legs are gonna get shot off <laughs> yeah or at the very least it's gonna whack his legs and, and presumably break them. So I don't know. Not not the best design. No, the the Republic uh needs to rethink this design, I think. Oh, that uh little uh armored scout tank that we were talking about earlier? Yeah. Was uh repainted for this uh this oh, was it? line. Yeah. Oh nice. So I have another chance to get it if I don't oh, want the perfect. episode one version. Okay, you can get the the Clone Wars variant. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's uh, yeah, and kind of like blue and and that sort of thing. Yeah, not bad, not bad at all. And uh, there are actually uh, two two versions of that as well. The uh, Battle Droid with 
and armored scout tank and armored scout tank with tactical droid. Hmm. And there are so you get uh, there are two different uh, droids, and the uh, the color schemes are slightly different. I mean, they're still the Clone Wars uh, kind of blue and gray, but uh, yeah, different color schemes. So you could you could build an army of these little mini tanks. I might get the tactical droid one. Yeah, it's kind of neat. Tactical droid's pretty cool. Oh, Anakin's got a attack recon fighter as well. Oh, really? Let's, uh... It looks like the uh, Republic dropship, but there's no no bodies hanging off the end. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah just a little little uh, shuttle vehicle for him to fly around in. Mm-hmm. Huh. Not bad. Yeah. Some mini rigs. They're still, they're still a thing. They're still they're cool. Still a, still a thing. Not too shabby. Hopefully we see some in, uh, you know, the current movies. Yeah, I would uh I would absolutely adore if they brought some of these old minifigs or not minifigs, mini it's a it's a different thing we talk about on this show. Uh bring some of these old mini rigs and in, into uh canon. Just because they are so ridiculous. Yeah. But uh I do have fond memories of playing with them as a kid, so so why not, man? It's time for the uh, MTV7 to to get its uh, due. <laughs> I just want the PDT, the best vehicle. <laughs> imagine if uh, episode nine, one scene there, uh, you know, the resistance is getting ready to uh, to to fly out on a on an attack, and and Poe Dameron yells into his little comm link, "Get BB-8 out here immediately." And then suddenly a medical droid flies in this little uh, little hovercraft to drop BB-8 off. <laughs> Be perfect. Nobody does Star Wars like the power of the Force from Kenner. The only universe with deluxe crowd control stormtroopers with thruster pack and capture claw. Han Solo geared up with smuggler flight pack. And Luke Skywalker with big battle action desert skin. And only Kenner brings you the full force and big detail of the Rebel Snowspeeder with blazing laser lights and big movie sounds. Now you're playing with the power. Star Wars, power of the force. Figures come with vehicles. Snowspeeder sold separately. Batteries not included. From Kenner. Uh, let's talk about stuff we got recently. Okie dokie. Um, I'll go first because I have fewer things to talk about. Yeah, uh, I got the Lego Ideas ship in a bottle. I built it. I put it on my desk at work. It is fantastic. And if you can find one, you should buy it. Yes. It's really, really cool. It's really it is. Uh I would like to get another one, actually, because I like the bottle build so much. And mm-hmm. then you can use it for, you know, other things. Just, nice. Just have a Lego bottle. It's a neat idea. Yeah. Uh, I also picked up the Lego Creator Downtown Diner, the new modular. Uh, I have not opened it at all. Oh. Uh, so I have no idea what it's like. Okay. But it's sitting here next to my desk. Excellent. And that's pretty much it. Wow. Well, let me uh, just play off uh, some of the stuff you talked about. I Well, first of all, I finished my Ninjago City finally. Oh, nice. 
yes, I put uh, put together Ninjago City. Uh, ended up taking a break from building it for, geez, like a month or so. And then finally sat down and finished it up. And, oh, man, what a great set. I absolutely adore uh, the the Ninjago City. But uh, with that out of the way, I then started building the Downtown Diner set, which I have finished the first two floors of. I uh, finished the diner and the uh, the boxing gym up on the second floor. Now I have to uh, finish up the... Uh, the recording studio up on the third floor. So, and once I finish that, then I can f- get on to building my Lego ship in a bottle, which I picked up as well. And, uh, yeah, I watched you build, uh, yours at work. So I, I, you know, I, I've seen yours, uh, the finished version of it and it is outstanding looking. So I'm very much looking forward to, uh, working on mine. Yeah, it's a really striking set. Like everyone yeah. who stops by my desk is like, "Oh, that's so neat." That's so yeah, cool. yeah. Even people who are like not into Lego at all, like not not toy nerds, or you know, you know, just regular folk, <laughs> regular people, even just are kind of taken aback by it. So, it's a really nice looking set. I know some people have complained that Lego simplified the model ship over the original uh, ideas version that was submitted. Uh, you know, and I'm sure it was for stability and cost, uh, but it still looks really nice. And again, the bottle uh, just makes a really nice display piece. Mm-hmm. So, and I want to get another one as well, uh, just because as, as you and I have talked about uh, the, the fellow who was working at the Lego store sort of planted this idea in my head when I was picking it up. But um, just getting a second bottle and filling it with, like, the entire bottle with just loose one-by-one studs. And uh, I'd like to do that, but with uh, the translucent, like the clear studs. Mm-hmm. And then put the bottle on a lighted base. Yeah, I think that'll look really cool. It would look beautiful. So, although you and I got into a bit of a row at work. As we debating, do. Debating how to do it. Yeah. I'm not, because in, I'm not into your idea. <laughs> my idea is pure chaos. Yes. It's just, I just want to dump, you know, and it's going to take thousands of those pieces to fill up that bottle. Because uh, the the ship itself, or the the set itself, you know, you have this bottle, you have the ship inside it, uh, but then you have, uh, was it two hundred and eighty four, uh, clear blue pieces, mm-hmm. just sort of poured into the bottle to to act as the water that the ship is on. Now, two hundred eighty four pieces sounds like a lot. It really does, but it really isn't. <laughs> but yeah, when you have the, when you have that bottle up on its end and you pour 284 pieces in there, it's it barely registers as filling that bottle. Yeah. So you will need probably several thousand yep. of those little uh one by one stud pieces to fill this thing. So I'm just like I just want to go nuts and have a just a mishmash rainbow in there. 
Whereas you are saying like either get one solid color or uh, do like layers. Yeah, I think layers of color would be pretty cool. Yeah. Lay it out. And don't get me wrong, layers of colors would be beautiful looking. But given the way that bottle's assembled, it might be kind of tough to to get that result. How about you aim for layers, and if it doesn't work, yeah, then exactly. you can have chaos. That's what I might do. That's what I might do. So, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, staying on Lego. Uh, oh, you know what? Not uh, Was it two weeks ago? I was busy building... Uh, you know that $800 Millennium Falcon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was putting that together. What? I was just putting that together the, uh, a couple weeks ago. What? You didn't yeah, tell yeah. me you got the Millennium Falcon. Didn't I, didn't I mention that I was building that? No. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I was putting that together. I didn't say I bought it. <laughs> but I was certainly putting it together. Justin, let me tell you about a friend of mine. This friend is called Shoplifting. Oh, and it's a great way to get to build Lego sets without having to purchase them. Mm, very interesting. That's not true. That's not true. First of all, don't steal. Second of all, if you're going to steal, don't try and steal the Lego Millennium Falcon set because it's way too big and heavy and you'll never get out of the store without someone noticing you taking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So steal little things, kids. No, don't steal. Don't steal. <laughs> don't actually steal. Don't steal. It's a very bad, it's a very bad idea. No, um I I do have a friend uh who is not a shoplifter. Uh who uh my friend Bill Mudron who is a is an extraordinary artist. Uh you should look up Bill's stuff if you haven't. Um but he uh I I went and visited him a couple uh, weeks ago just to hang out with him over the weekend. And he actually had purchased the Star Wars Lego Millennium Falcon because he is a madman. He spent the $800 to get this thing. And he had not yet opened it. And we decided, well, let's, let's bust this thing open. Let's see what we can do. And so we spent two days... Uh, we probably, we, we were just sitting in his room building this thing, uh, watching movies and listening to music, watching TV and just being nerds at each other while we assembled this thing. And we got it about half done. Uh, but boy, that set is huge. Holy cow. I've posted, if you go to my uh, Twitter account, uh, which is at whimsical Phil, uh, you can see, uh, you'll have, you might have to go back a, a, a little ways just because, like I said, this was a couple weeks ago. Uh, but I, I was taking some photos as we were putting it together. So you can sort of see the scale of it, see how the interior of it looks. Uh, but it is, it is a huge set. The, the book itself is, like 500 pages. It's just shy of 500 pages. Uh, the, uh, it's spiral bound because it would have to be. Uh, and actually the, the manual is not only is it, is it 500 pages thick, but it's also really big, uh, just from a length and width, uh, point of view. So it's, yeah, I was sitting there trying to use this, use the actual manual, 
to build it, but you, know, you, you complete four or five steps and then you have to pick up this book, which the, the, the instruction manual alone weighs a few pounds. So you're picking up this heavy book that is huge and you're trying to turn the page and you're trying to be careful because you don't want to rip the pages out because this book weighs so much. And finally, it just got to the point where we couldn't even deal with the instruction manual that we just both busted out our iPads and downloaded a PDF of the instruction <laughs> manual. <laughs> and we were both sitting there because we were we were tag teaming it. Yeah, we would uh, – yeah, because especially early on in that build where you're just sort of building the, the superstructure – of the vehicle and then building like the, the mandibles and, and some of the, like the plating for the bottom of it. Uh, the, you know, you're, you're building kind of the same things, but maybe mirrored, you know, like, okay. So, so Bill would like, okay, I'm going to build the left mandible and Phil, you, you build the right mandible. And then we can, once we're both finished, we can plug them into the, the actual, you know, the whole structure. So that certainly helped us uh, kind of cut down on time a bit. And uh yeah, like I said, if you go uh on the Twitter, you can see some of the pictures of it. You know, we got the like the uh the the room where the like the the couch and the the chess table are. Yeah, we did a uh, built up the little engine room. So we, you know, like I said, we got about halfway done after putting maybe eight or nine hours into it. But it is, uh, it's, it's a really fun build. I'm really glad that I, and, and like, you know, we didn't finish it. Uh, Bill said he was going to save the rest for my next visit. So hmm. we'll probably finish it up then. But it's uh, great that I'm getting a chance to play with this and not spend the $800. <laughs> so thank you, Bill. <laughs> that. For letting me mooch off your toy, but yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. So if you have eight hundred bucks to spare, uh, no. Even <laughs> oh, if I did, I don't have space. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. If you have, if you have eight hundred dollars burning a hole in your pocket, and if you have a ton of room because this thing is massive and it's heavy. Then by all means, it's it's a great build and it's a gorgeous looking model. But uh, geez, Louise, I'm still it, disappointed it, about the stickers, though. Yeah, there are a uh, a pretty fair amount of stickers, as we've discussed I mean, many many times. Yes, expensive sets should not have stickers. No, no. If you're paying eight hundred bucks for for a set. And it's, you know, it's not like Lego Ninjago City level stickers where there's just like dozens of them. There's, you know, what, 10 maybe. But even so, you're just kind of like, eh, eh, why am I putting stickers on this super expensive set? Because you know, years down the road, those stickers, unless Lego has upped their sticker quality... I have some old sets where the stickers have started drying out and cracking and peeling off. Mm -hmm. And it just, you know, it's kind of a bummer to see that. And it's going to be a real bummer to see it with an $800 set. Yeah. So, but, you know, still pretty great. Still pretty great. 
Um, you know how I hate Funko Pops? Yeah. You know how you hate Funko Pops? I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I bought a bunch of Funko Pops. <laughs> I actually bought a Funko Pop as well now that I remember. Oh, really? What did you get? The NES Jason. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you got the same. Yeah. Do you... So there's uh, Funko Pops. Awful mishmash pop culture nonsense. Big dead doll eyes. Kind of an ugly aesthetic. We're not real fans. But they have this new-ish line of 8-bit, quote-unquote, Funko Pop figures. And basically, it's just kind of pixelized versions of characters. um, Technically, more voxelized because they're three-dimensionals. Right. You know, they're cubes instead of squares. Uh, But, you know, there was like a... GameStop had a an exclusive set of them around the holidays. Uh, I got the Mega Man one from them, and I also got the Predator one. Uh, but they just brought out a bunch of uh, new ones. Uh, there is a Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger one uh, that is that is out, and I actually saw the Jason and Freddy ones at Toys R Us the other day. Oh, yes, but uh, GameStop has exclusive. NES versions of Jason and Freddy. Uh, so you have Jason looking like the uh, the old LJN game where he's in like a purple jumpsuit and his mask is kind of this bright blue color. It's so ridiculous. I had to have it. Well, exactly. So, yeah, we both got that. Uh, I broke down and got the NES colored Freddy Krueger just because. Because I was at a GameStop and they had it and it was 10 bucks <laughs> and I was like, whatever, okay, I'll put it on my desk at work. It'll go with Jason. Uh, I also picked up from a uh, Big Bad Toy Store uh, one of the Xenomorphs from Aliens. I mean, you have the Predator. So. Uh, exactly. So you got to have them so they can, they can hang out together. And I also had uh, a, a Pixel Shredder from Ninja Turtles which was like a New York Comic-Con exclusive or something like that. But GameStop was selling it. Uh, but they also just came out with the uh, the four Ninja Turtles. So I had to have the Ninja Turtles to go with Shredder. Of course. So I got all the the pixely uh, Ninja Turtles as well. You need some foot soldiers is what you need. I do need some foot soldiers. Unfortunately, the foot soldiers were only sold at, I, I think it was New York Comic-Con. Yes. Uh, they were not sold at GameStop as well. They were only available at the Comic-Con. There's like five or six colors of them. There's the, the kind of traditional purple ones. And this is, of course, going back to the uh, old cartoon series. Uh, so there's the purple ones. And then there are a few colors based on some of the foot soldiers from the old Turtles video game. So there's like a white one and an orange one and... Yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. Blue one or something like that. Uh, but those, you can only get them on the secondary market now. And they think the cheapest ones are going for like 60 bucks. Ridiculous. And I am not paying $60 for a stupid Funko Pop. I'm just going to cross my fingers and hope that they release the foot soldiers in a more wide release at some point in the future. Uh, but yeah, so I got some of those stupid things. Um, Got some Transformers 
Uh, got the Power of the Primes, Leader Class Optimus Prime, and Rodimus Prime. Ooh. Did yes. you uh, play with those yet? Uh, I have busted open Optimus. I have not opened up Rodimus yet. How is Optimus? Okay. Well, um, I can't tell you completely because I haven't transformed him yet. Okay. Because uh, uh, both of these guys come in, in robot mode. Uh, and they're the gimmick. We talked a, a bit about this last week as well. The gimmick of the leader class toys is they are like evolution figures. So you, it comes with a deluxe class toy and a trailer. And then the deluxe class toy can transform on its own. Uh, but then you can transform the trailer and combine it with the deluxe class figure to make a completely new figure. And the, the gimmick here, of course, is you have like hot rod. You have your deluxe class hot rod who turns into the little futuristic car of that hot rod turns into. And then he has his trailer uh, that, you know, so he can become like the Rodimus Prime vehicle. And then you transform the trailer and the hot rod figure and combine them together and it makes the evolved Rodimus Prime. Optimus Prime works the same way, except the little deluxe class toy is... Orion Pax, which is, of course, who Optimus Prime's, that was his identity before he became the Autobot leader. Mm -hmm. So you have the, uh, the truck cab, which turns into Orion Pax, and Orion Pax combines with the trailer to turn into Optimus Prime. So I have, uh, like I said, I haven't transformed him yet. I've just been messing around with him in his combined Optimus Prime mode. I will say at least on the Optimus Prime toy, first of all, he looks great as Optimus Prime. Uh, you know, he looks, you know, you know, he's about the size of the, the masterpiece Optimus Prime. So he's a, a pretty impressive size. He looks really good. Uh, when you turn him around though, uh, and look at him from the back, it's basically like his entire, uh, the, like the back of his, you know, his his torso is just uh Orion Pax's legs <laughs> folded up. And it's to the point, and I should take a picture of this and, and throw it up on Twitter, where you can sort of, you know, keep Orion Pax attached to the Optimus Prime robot mode, but you can unfold his legs and his arms. So it looks like this weird sort of Cronenberg Optimus Prime where you have like two robots kind of melded together. You know, it looks like a transporter accident or something where it's like Optimus Prime is standing there all big and proud and tall. And then you have this flailing little Orion Pax whose, whose chest and head kind of have melded into Optimus's, but his arms and, and legs are flailing about wildly. <laughs> So it's a little ridiculous, but but uh, yeah, like I said, put them on a shelf, you know. Exactly, looks like Optimus Prime. <laughs> exactly, and like I said, I haven't busted open Rodimus yet. I imagine so it's I'm, similar. Probably, probably. Uh, I also picked up the uh, Power of the Primes, uh, the two new Voyager class figures, uh, Elita One, who is a retool repaint of the. Uh, Voyager class Starscream figure. Uh and my much anticipated uh first uh 
uh, terror con hunger. Yeah. Yes. I found both of those guys at uh, Target a couple days ago. Uh, Elita one excited to get, uh, you know, always excited to add another uh, female transformer to my ranks. Mm hmm. And Alita One, you know, pretty pretty big name character from the old cartoon. Uh, yeah, since so she turns into a, you know, kind of futuristic looking jet sort of thing. Uh, looks great in robot mode. Has a very simplistic transformation. Like, very simplistic. Um, you know, the legs just kind of collapse into her body. Uh, her arms just sort of plug into the sides. And then you unfold the jet that is on her back. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, it's, it's the sort of typical, uh, transformer jet mode where you just have a robot wearing a folded up jet on their back. <laughs> so, you know, she looks, looks great though in robot mode. You know, really cool, uh, color scheme and everything. Uh, once you get her into jet mode, unfortunately, her pieces and parts don't all quite peg into each other as well as they should. So, you know, you're kind of trying to plug her legs in correctly. And then the arms that you've already plugged into place pop out. And then you try to push the arms back in and plug those into their little pegs. So they stay together. And then suddenly the, the wings sort of pop out of their joints. So it turns into this sort of fight where you're struggling to get all the little pins and, and tabs and slots to fit at the same time. So, so that's kind of a bummer. Also, she has massive detailing on her wings in jet mode, but it is all giant, giant stickers. Yuck. Her wings are a miasma of stickers. And these are Hasbro stickers. And if you have messed around with any recent Transformer toys that have stickers, you know that the stickers are really thin, mm -hmm. really fragile, really kind of low-quality, fragile stickers. And they're not always applied very well. So you know, they'll be kind of, you know, at, at weird angles and stuff like that. And especially this one, because it uses such huge stickers on the wings... The, the stickers come up right to the edge of the wings, like right where like joints are. It's like, uh, Alita's one's wings actually have a, a little joint in them. So you can kind of give them an angle when she's in robot mode. So you have these stickers coming up right to these like functioning joints. And you know, in like a couple days, once you transform that thing once or twice, those stickers are going to start rubbing against the joints and they're going to start peeling off or tearing. And it is just kind of blah. Yeah. It yeah. really, uh, bums me out that, uh, Takara is not going to do their own version because yeah. they would probably paint it all, but yeah, exactly. But now all every toy is like the Hasbro version. So yeah, which is a bummer because, and you know, it, it, you know, the toys, you know, the wings have all this sculpted detail on it and they just slap the stickers over it. So you lose all this sculpted detail. So I'm, probably going to at some point get in there with a toothpick and sort of trace over the sculpted details just to mold the sticker into them a little bit so yeah hopefully that doesn't rip those stickers well that's what i'm afraid of so which is why i haven't done it yet so 
Maybe we'll uh, see. maybe repro labels will have stickers. Yeah, who knows? But as you know, you're still gonna get that toy again when it's Skywarp. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, when they do the inevitable repaint of Skywarp, I will certainly add that to my Skywarp collection. And and uh, you know, this detail is not really called out on the toy packaging at all. Uh, but uh, Alita One, like Starscream, uh, her you know who shares the that particular mold. Uh, she has the robot mode. She has the jet mode. But she is also a combiner, and she turns into a torso. So you can uh, you know, there's a couple more, uh, you know, a couple more female Autobots coming out that are going to be able to turn into limbs that will plug into Alita One. So you have a new uh, combiner. Mm-hmm. So. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Hunger, I opened him up uh, like last night. I haven't transformed him yet. I've just been having him stand around in robot mode. Um, yeah, he looks actually pretty good in robot mode. Okay. You know, I was kind of like, yeah, whatever, seeing the pictures. But having him in hand, I was like, no, I can totally work with this robot mode. Um, you know, he has, uh, because again, he turns into a, two-headed dragon monster and he turns into a torso for the giant combiner abominus uh so he has on his robot mode back uh because uh, abominus had this massive uh chest plate armor uh that was very uh you know very much a, a part of the visual look of that combiner character and back in the G1 days, that was just a separate piece that you would plug in. But now it, uh, you know, it's incorporated into the character. So he has the very clearly Abominus's chest armor folded up on his back. Uh, so he looks a little, you know, he's got a kind of a little bit of a kind of pinkish purple backpack that he wears, but, uh, he, he looks fine otherwise. Uh, yeah, like I said, I haven't transformed him into his, monster mode yet but uh based on the pictures we've seen it's kind of a weak weak mode yeah hopefully in hand it looks a bit better yeah we'll see how how that looks but uh i mean uh, you're just gonna make abominus anyway exactly so uh the last thing i got i actually got it like literally right before we started recording i ran out and uh it had just been delivered before we started recording uh this is now, I, I have not listened to last week's episode, uh, you know, the, the final version. Did you leave in the part where I ordered this toy? Yes. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure if you had cut that out. But, yes, yeah, so you may recall last week when we were talking and we were uh, talking about Toy Fair and NECA has a, their next wave of uh, Aliens Kenner homage figures. From, uh, from, from, uh, well, from NECA. Which you've pre-ordered on Big Bad Toy Store. Which I, yeah, yeah, those have gone up, uh, to pre-order on, on Big Bad Toy Store. So I do have my pre-orders in for those. The Scorpion Alien, the Snake Alien, and the Sergeant Apone. And I was lamenting the fact that I missed out on the Kenner homage, uh, uh, private vasquez figure and of course as we are sometimes want to do on this show we will stop (laughs) 
our conversation and go on eBay to look up toys. And I found one that, oh, poopy. Huh? (laughs) It happened again. Happened again, Justin. What's that? I had loaded up, uh, (laughs) I had loaded up Big Bad Toy Store just to look at the, uh, the new, uh, the new, uh, Kenner NECA aliens figures. Uh huh. And, and I just saw another toy that I want to buy. (laughs) Uh, there's a new Nendoroid coming out. Oh. Of, uh, of Arale Norimaki. Oh, you have to get that one. The little android girl from Dr. Slump. Holy cow. I'm just going to go ahead and pre-order that right now. I love Dr. Slump was a manga turned anime uh, that Akira Toriyama, the creator of Dragon Ball slash Dragon Ball Z, uh, he, he did that uh, before Dragon Ball. And it's just a kind of slapstick comedy series, and it is outstanding, and I love it. And the main character is this little uh, robot girl who's actually showed up in the Dragon Ball, like, anime before. So, uh, yeah. So I just I just ordered <laughs> my, my Arale uh, Nendoroid. And what's funny is because uh, Arale, you know, Nendoroids have that kind of chibi look to them. And Arale just kind of has that look anyway, so this really just kind of looks like an Arale figure. Like, even with the uh, Nendoroid proportions and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, this looks beautiful. But! Oh, and she comes with a little poop on a stick! <laughs> I was gonna say, that's that's why you like this, right? Yeah, that's the kind of humor that uh, that that uh, Dr. Slump features. A lot, of, a lot of poop jokes and stuff like that, so it's right up my alley. But! As I was saying... As we were discussing uh, the aliens figures last week, uh, I was lamenting, yeah, because they, uh, NECA had released this uh, Vasquez figure that was an, again an homage to the '90s uh, Kenner line of aliens figures, where they were in the humans were in like these ridiculous bright colored outfits and everything. Uh, but it was a they released it on quote unquote alien day and it was a really limited release and I never saw one in stores or anything. I never saw them online to order. So I completely missed out on it and I felt bad having all of the, uh, all of the Kenner homage, uh, aliens toys except for Vasquez. And I popped on eBay while we were recording, saw one, uh, cause they were mostly going for like 60 to 75 bucks, which I was not going to pay, but there was one on eBay that was going for like 27 bucks shipped or something like that. And I said, okay, I'll do that. And it showed up today. And I have it and I have Vasquez looking tough as always in her bright red tank top and bright blue bandana. Just like in the movie. Just like in the movie. <laughs> so, so yes, I'm, so I'm very excited to have uh, her now. So, yeah, something we had been talking about is uh, one day you'll get some uh, nice IKEA shelves, uh, those yep. glass cabinets, and uh, then you can put your Kenner aliens in there. Yep. I got, I got those. I can put my Kenner ones and I put them right next to uh, 
put them next to my NECA ones. Mm-hmm. So I am very excited by that prospect. So, yeah. But that's uh, that's that's all I got. Cool. I think that's a show. If you'd like to reach us, you could do so on Twitter. We're at POA Podcast, Facebook.com slash points of articulation, or email POAPod at gmail.com. You could subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or on Google Play Music, and we're also on Stitcher Radio. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you later. Bye!